everybody. This is the Tax Lady, and this is our weekly podcast uh, for EG Tax. It's E G T A X, and you can join us on our website at egtax.com. If you just have questions, you can ask the Tax Lady. We also have a radio show on Saturdays on W B E N Radio nine thirty a.m. Uh, that's a and it streams live, and uh, you'd get an opportunity to ask your own tax questions and give us a call. But in the meantime, we're uh, we're talking uh, on our podcast a different subject every week. And if you go to our website, you can take a look at all of the podcasts that we've had thus far. And you might just learn a thing or two or three or five, right? And I'm joined in, uh, in the studio with me is Christopher Fabian. Hey, Chris. Hello, Esther. Hello, Christopher and Tiffany Fabian. Hey there, Esther. I Happy day. Re- I bet you guys are related. <clears throat> yes, that's my other half, my better half. Christopher. And then I wanted to say, um, I listened to a promo. There's actually a new uh, TV show that's all about podcasts and they're highlighting podcasts because there's so many podcasts that they're just like highlighting certain podcasts and it's like just sorting through them all because there's so many exciting podcasts out there. You know, there aren't a lot of tax podcasts. Right. Correct. Because to make it interesting, you know, like we do, it's <laughs> awfully hard. hard to do. But but I'm going to tell you, we we try to make it interesting because when you think about what we're telling you, it's all about how to save money. What was the radio show that got everybody up in arms back in the fifties? Was it War of the Worlds? Yeah, where uh-huh. everybody panicked. Yeah, but I think people used to listen to the radio then. Right? <laughs> I mean, but I think people listen to the radio now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love when I'm in the car to listen. I'm not much of a radio listener anyplace else but in the car. Yeah. yeah. I was know. driving in the rain the other night and the radio on, and it was a great companion, you know? Yep. Okay. So we are kind of marching through the tax code, and obviously we can't do all the code or else we'd have to wake you up at the end. Uh, but but what we're going to talk about tonight, today, uh Hopefully, what you'll find it interesting is depreciation. So, what is depreciation? Who uses depreciation? How can it be used to your benefit? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And so, that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. So, what is depreciation? Who who has to even be concerned with it? Uh, you have to depreciate anything for your business or your rental that has useful life of more than one year. And so, that's a, a good place to start. Right. So... Like a furnace, you have to depreciate new windows, new doors. Oh, only if it's in, only if it's used to make money. If it's in right? a business, so if it's your if you, if it's your furnace in your house, you're not going to depreciate it, house, right? right? But if it's your furnace in your business, or your furnace in your rental, or your furn, or, or a furnace in a business, if you're making money and you want to, and you spent this money as an asset. For that business or income-producing property, then you have to, and it has a useful life of more than one year and and a cost over about $100, right? right? And it's got to add value to the asset, to the house or, you know, like a laptop to the business where painting is just a repair because painting a wall doesn't count. So you wouldn't depreciate painting. Right. But if you bought a bedroom set, and it was a furnished apartment, that's not adding value to the house, It, but, but it, it is, is an asset used to make money. Correct. So you'd have to depreciate well, that. We right. could get technical because then you would sell the house with the with the furniture, so then it does add value to the house. 
Okay, I know. I know. <laughs> I know that it was going to be a oh, problem. Oh, Professor Christopher right. and Professor Esther. All right. So, the first thing you have to know about depreciation is if it's over a useful life of more than a year with a value of over a hundred dollars, then the Internal Revenue Service says, even though you spent the money and it added to the value of the property or is used in business as an asset, we're not going to let you write the whole thing off, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So, and I use the word maybe because everything in tax law is a lot like, this is the law, but there's an exception. This is a law, but there's an exception. This is a law, but there's an exception. And just like that in depreciation, there's lots of exceptions. Right. There is. I, I always, when I teach taxes, especially on the old computer screens, when you had the, you, you had the bar up top, you know, your toolbar, mm-hmm. and then you had your bar down below with all your little icons that mm-hmm. you have opened. I said, that's the black and the white of taxes. But everything, your whole screen in between, that's all the gray area yep. that if this or that, and you could do right. this, but maybe that. That's what And we that's do. one of the things that makes taxes so difficult. But we want to kind of unscramble the eggs if we can. All right. So if you have a business and you bought assets or a building and it's used in the production of income and it has a useful life of more than a year, costs more than $100, they're going to make you write it off. Under... It used to be, gosh, this is, I'm going to really date myself, back in the days of trickle-down economics with Reagan, they did something called acres depreciation, accelerated cost recovery system. Mm-hmm. And that meant that, holy moly, you could take something Quick. that you bought, a, paid a lot of money for and write it off in a short period of time. Like, for instance, a rental property that you might have paid $150,000 for, and so you got to write it off over a 15-year period. And so, and that was swell for making people want to go out and buy rental property, but it, but it wasn't so swell for the federal coffers because they were operating, losing, not getting the money that they needed. So they changed it. So they went to modified, modified. Uh, accelerated cost recovery system, which is makers. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Right. And that's what we're under now. Correct. So exactly. it's, it's still a lot of fun to learn how to do it, but it, it's a systematic but when, write-off when, when of they your... were when they were doing accelerated, they were losing their shirt tails and because so, it was so fast. Yeah, so they... because let's face it, if you had bought a um, hundred and fifty thousand dollar piece of equipment back then, and you got to take uh, ten thousand dollars a year for fifteen years, then you could have been actually making money. But on your tax return, it looked like you lost money. And if you're in the 40% bracket, if you lost $10,000, you save $4,000. But the truth is you didn't lose the money at all. Right. And and so that kind of put them in a squeeze. Okay. So under makers, though, it's still very, it starts off very um, pointed. Mm-hmm. Like they say, if it's this, then it's got to be that. In other words, if it's office equipment... Then the useful life that we think it's going to last is seven years. Seven years. Now you might say, <clears throat> "Well, no I, I buy these crappy desks, and they're never going to last for seven years." But it, but under the law, you have to set it up that way. Maybe correct, right? Because you might be able to do Section one seventy nine or bonus depreciation. Right. So we're going to talk about that. But they they set it up that everything that you could possibly 
have, like whether it's a building, whether it's a a computer, if it's peripheral equipment for computers, if it's a desk, chairs, all of that stuff has a useful life that's been established by the federal government. Right. And then the IRS has Mm -hmm. even made modifications for the fact that you hear so many business owners wait to the last quarter to buy all their assets. So the IRS made modifications for that. Now, if you buy something at the beginning of the year, the depreciation rate would be more beneficial. Now, if you wait to the last end of the year, it's called mid-quarter, and you get a reduced depreciation value. But so that's the, only on machinery and equipment. Right. So the right? IRS has made modifications for people waiting to the end of the year. But then again, they can make an election. To right, do a 179. To do a 179 which... or use bonus depreciation. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So basically what we're saying is depreciation comes in various, it's very specific when it starts off, but at the end, you can actually say, I'd prefer to write this asset off completely, right? And so you'd be able to write it all off. Now, that wouldn't be the case for a building, but for machinery and equipment, you could, you can make you can make that decision. So if you pay $20,000 for computers, rather than doing them, depreciating them over five year, uh, five year life, you can make the election to say, I'd like to do 100% bonus depreciation. Now, when would you not? When you are already at a maximum loss. And so this loss isn't going to benefit you at all. And you want to extend the loss out to the future years. And so if you, you know, shoot yourself in your foot and you take all the loss right away and you think your income is going to be higher in the future, you should extend the loss by depreciating the 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 expense, the expense, not Mm -hmm. the loss. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it helps you to reduce the income because you're taking it. And the, the other thing is looking at taxes that are, we're all saying they're going to go up. If right now you're in the 25% bracket, but you're going up to a 30% bracket, obviously that extra 10%, if you defer expensing something till next year, that might get you a bigger bang for your buck because you actually get an extra 10%. Right, right. So, I mean, you've got to look at this year, you got to look at your projected. And I know we all don't have crystal balls, but normally people who are self-employed have a pretty good idea because you're doing your taxes now in March, we'll say, and it's already the next year. So you already have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen this year for you. So should I take it or shouldn't I? Let's look and see what what's projected to what it was and run the numbers and see what's the best thing for you. Right. So and so that's an I that's kind of an idea of what depreciation is. Now, machinery and equipment are is what is ca- called I don't know why they couldn't just call that machinery and equipment, but they call it section twelve forty five property. Right. Now, so you not only have to look at what you're gonna write off this year and whether you should really wait till next year to maybe take some of the depreciation as opposed to writing it off this year. Uh, maybe you should slow it up to straight line depreciation, which would be even a slower method of depreciation. But if you're selling uh, machinery and equipment, the way the gain, the, the way the, the sale is handled when you sell the machinery or equipment, that's called a recapture that's going to be recaptured as ordinary income. Whereas if you sell a, a building, it's recaptured 
unless accelerated depreciation was claimed, it's recaptured as a capital asset. So you get a benefit if it's a capital asset, but machinery and equipment is recaptured at at ordinary income. And that's a big thing in planning. Used to be that we could do a you could you could take your truck and trade it in on a new truck and come out with an adjusted basis and and defer the gain from the one truck into the other. Not so now. No, you have to sell the truck <clears throat> and add back any depreciation before you have a new vehicle that you're able to depreciate. Right. So the the 1031 exchange that used to be allowed on on a trade in on a vehicle, you can't do anymore. So if you sell a vehicle, machinery, equipment, you have to recapture it as ordinary income. You, for, can't, for, you, you for, can't adjust the base. Right. For instance, my brother is a painter, and he has to get a truck for his business. And so he got a new truck, but he sold or traded in his old okay. truck. And so he had to close off or add back any depreciation on that old vehicle before we could start depreciating the new vehicle. And it cost a little bit of tax dollars. Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> and that's where we're going to talk about cars later and what do you want to buy well, a big car? Well, or okay, car. so which and and so let's say you're an outside salesperson and you use your vehicle in business. Well, if you're an employee, too bad for you. You don't get any write-off right. of that at all mm -hmm. except on the state of New York. Yep. If you're a New York state taxpayer. Yes. Yep. And because there everybody. you get the mileage rate or your actual expenses actual, right. by your percentage of business. But if you're self-employed, then you can then you can depreciate the vehicle, take all the actual expenses, gas, oil, insurance, tune-ups, uh, car washes, and everything to keep tires, uh, 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 registration, AAA, everything to keep that vehicle going, or actual uh, mileage, whichever is better. That's right. And so and the so, mileage rate builds in depreciation. Yep. So you really want to look at it. You want to see which way yields the person a better answer. You know, there's some people that do a lot, have a lot of repairs on their car, or they spend a lot for car washes. And so maybe actual expenses might behoove them to a greater effect than somebody who uses a standard mileage rate. And so right. you well, it could be look at your, because if you're leasing before leasing, you had to take actual, right now they say with leasing, you can take your standard mileage rate. Right. But if you have a $600 lease, you can write off, you know, based on your percentage, if it's 50%, you write off $300 plus half of your gas and half. Of, so it may be better if you don't drive a lot, it may be better to take your actual expenses, especially if you're leasing, right. than taking the standard mileage and, rate. And again, remember, that would strictly be somebody that's self-employed. The other thing is there, th this was back at Acres depreciation back in Reagan, People could buy a car like on December 31st that they used in business. They go out and buy a $60,000 Mercedes that they used 80% in business. So they would write off $48,000 on the last day of the year on money that they borrowed and they saved $20,000 in taxes. And they said, wait, hold your horses. We're not doing that anymore. So then they went to, they went to makers and then they said, on, and on top of everything, there is a certain list of assets that people use, and they are really getting personal benefit out of it. And so we're making a special list. Listed property. And 
of things that you have to really slow up in depreciation, and that would one of those things would be your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right. They they basically say you have a car. You, the you, if you buy a Mercedes, we're not going to let you write off all that. Much. Right. They they capped it. Right. They basically capped it at twenty thousand until a couple of years ago. They extended that now to I think like thirty five or forty thousand. Where, right. but over a five year period. over a five year right. period, Chris. Yep. For example, you have a brother who is a CPA, and he goes to businesses. And what does he do? He helps with de- looking at listed uh, properties. They should take a hundred percent or fifty or do one seventy nine. But one seventy nine is too late after you file. But he does so, component. Yeah, uh, he looks at evaluations. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks if they should depreciate as a an expense at all, 100% and that, well, as a, bonus. Instead of, instead of doing uh, a 1250 depreciation, 39 years on a business, he comes in and he looks at all the component parts that part of the business, and they do accelerated depreciation on some of that equipment, Yeah, which makes sense, right? It does. It does. Okay. So there's listed property. What else is besides the cars on that list? Um, computers, right? Yep, yep because they were Cell saying phones. everybody's buying computers and we're not going to write it off because unless it's uh, specifically a requirement of your job by your employer. Now, who doesn't? And now Nowadays, our, our employer is just really happy. They don't even have to have a building anymore. Right, right. Right. And then uh, cameras, right? Things that per- people could use and really enjoy it personally, they put on this list and, and, and slowed up the depreciation. Now, one group of people that is self-employed that, in, in my opinion, aren't aware of all the deductions that they might have is a daycare provider. Correct. Yep. Because now they're living in their home and they're bringing the kids in many times. And so they get to take an office and home for much of a their home. portion of their house, right? <clears throat> Which is really exciting. And so what you do is you look at the square footage of your entire house and then the entire, the square footage of that you use for the kids. You know, it could be uh, part of your family room, the kitchen, the bathroom. And so you get to, you divide the two and let's say it's 40%. So then you could deduct 40% of the gas bill, 40% of the electric, 40% of the repairs, um, 40% of your mortgage, 40% of your property taxes. And so it's a really large percentage that daycare people miss and take. And right, the reason but, I but said miss really is not, I think they're, they're really not going this. based upon the square footage. They're going by the hours that it's used and how many days. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, that allocation would be correct for many businesses, but for the daycare person, it's like, how many hours do you have out of your year uh, is that house occupied with your daycare people? And that's where, for instance, Tiffany came up with the 40%. So you'd be able to take 40% of everything. And that would also include the depreciation on the house. Correct. And maybe the little swing in the backyard and the teeter-totters and all that stuff that a daycare. That was a very nice way of correcting me. I really like how you did that. <laughs> it was very gentle. Well, that's because I love you. <laughs> but it, but I knew what you were going at. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but, but the thing is, so the daycare provider, if you're a daycare provider, and especially this year, with daycares being the, the person paying you for the daycare, they get to take 50% of the amount that they paid you 
up to um, eight thousand dollars for one kid, and if they got more than one kid, sixteen thousand. So the the daycare credit is humongous, and, and so you may have a lot of people saying, "I want your social security number." Right, and the, the credit changes. is refundable this right. year. Right, and it's refundable, so it's unbelievable. So that's a big thing this year. But so the daycare provider. You put all your income in and you take all your expenses, like the food you pay the kids, you feed the kids, uh, the books, the magazines, the the education you had, the insurance. Maybe you got liability insurance. I imagine you would. Um, and then the last part would be your office and home. And as we were saying, it would be the hours that you use and the days that you use compared to the total amount for the year. And that becomes the deduction for everything that it costs for you to operate your home, your insurance, your interest, your property taxes, uh, upkeep, uh, painting, repairs um, in general, and specifically if part of the house is just used for the kids, like maybe you got a dedicated TV set for the kids or something to that effect, that would be 100% depreciation as, and the rest of it would be based upon the hours used. Now, now you know me now, the listeners, I'm always the devil's advocate. Maybe you're just the <laughs> devil. <laughs> Depreciation sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty confusing. And I could see people out there going, well, this is so confusing. I'm not going to depreciate it. Oh. I'm, I'm not going to do it. But what happens when they sell that asset? You, you, you still... have to add it back in as if you took it. So you right. might as well take it. <laughs> right. So if, if you bought a $2,000 desk and you never depreciated it, you sold it eight years later for $500. You have a $500 gain. You have a $500 gain because the IRS is going to say you depreciated right. that desk. Whether and you, you say, no, I didn't. I didn't know now, how to do it. So on a small scale, like a desk, you know, but what if you did that to your house? That would be your a rental. A right. rental. That would be and a I real I will tell bite. you, if you're somebody that has been a do-it-yourselfer and you just looked at depreciation and your eyes glazed over and you said, oh, this is just too confusing. And you looked at all the regulations. You said, forget it. Makers, acres, straight line, some of the years, digits, all that stuff. You go, I just don't understand it. Um, you can go back on the depreciation you didn't take and you can make an adjustment for the depreciation you didn't take. Um, and, and that takes, you have to, I believe you have to Right, to to the, right. You have to let the Internal Revenue Service know that you're straightening out your mess because in the year of sale, it becomes income, like Chris and Tiff said, even if you didn't take it. Mm -hmm. Right? That's right. Now, one last thing for the daycare provider. If they did depreciate their home and that was their personal residence upon the sale, what happens of their personal residence? Then the exclusion of the 250 single 500,000 married joint, you have to then recapture that depreciation you took and you'll have to pay tax on that. On money. that, just the depreciation. Just the depreciation. Right. Yep. But they still get their personal use. Correct. Up, up to the half, yep. half a million. Right. So. Okay. Well, I'm Esther. I hope we really uh, blew your mind. I will tell you, depreciation is something you want to make sure you study if you're doing it on your own. If you ever have any questions, you can give us a call uh, at our uh, corporate headquarters at area code 716-632-7886. You can visit us on our website at egtax.com. Uh, I just wanted to the tax say... Lady. To, you can go to our website, egtax.com, and access all of our other podcasts. Yep. And then um, also you can go there and register for school if you are so inclined to sign up for a tax school. We would love you to do so. 
All right. Until next time, I'm Esther Gulliams, the tax lady with Christopher Fabian, Tiffany Fabian. We'll talk to you next time. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG Tax.